Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. Clark wants his art to be seen and experienced. His focus is to successfully convey a message or feeling through the images, colors, and brushstrokes in his work. Christopher says, I like to speak from my personal life experiences, from my perspective as a young black male in America. My aim is to explore social issues, culture, and history of the black community in the diaspora and abroad. Christopher Clark's style is more graphic than realistic and believes that this makes the work easier for younger audiences to digest, as well as the viewer to be able to focus more on the content rather than just what the piece looks like. Reflecting the human figure is very powerful to Mr. Clark, which is why he chooses to tell his stories through portraiture and figurative works. He wants to create art that the viewer connects with on a personal level and wants them to be able to see themselves, their friends, and their family in his work. By telling his story, he wants to help the viewer rediscover theirs. So thanks for taking the time out to join us today. Let's just get right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what what type of art that you do. Yeah, so my name is Chris Clark. Um, I was born in, in Newark, New Jersey. I was raised in uh, Tallahassee, Florida, and now I'm living and working in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I do visual arts, uh, illustrated illustrations, uh, murals, um, paintings. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I like to work in uh, portraiture and uh, figurative figurative works um just like showing us showing black people and black culture and um you know representation is real important to me so i just try to make sure i get those images out there representation is definitely uh important in our communities tell me about the time when you decided to be an artist yeah so i decided that a long time ago (laughs) probably since I don't know, since I was about eight, maybe. Like, so when I was real young, I always knew that um, art was something that I wanted to do in the future. I didn't know exactly what it would be. Um, it, it had changed a lot over the years. Um, from I wanted to be a comic book designer at one point. I wanted to be a cartoonist. Um, when I was in my early teens or late teens, I had like a little uh, fashion line. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of uh, Miss Keen Originals. No, I think I have. Yeah, yeah, and painted clothes. Mm-hmm. So I did a little bit of that for a while, but um, it wasn't until probably around 2014 that I decided to go like the, the art route. And then in 2016, that's when I um, I resigned from um, this job I had at the time. It's like my last full time job, and um, I just decided to go on this art journey full time and just to see where it would take me. 
was it hard to adjust from being in a full-time job to being an artist? Um, I wouldn't say it was hard to adjust because um, like even though I was working, I was always doing art. That's that's one of the things that uh inspired me to resign. Like every job I've been at, like whether I was on break or not on break, like I I, I was always drawing and working on something. So people would see that. And they would always ask me, like, like, why are you working here? Like, you should be working for Disney or you could be working for Cartoon Network or doing this or doing that. And so, I don't know, I think the transition was smooth. Um, it was still, like, it was just risky. You know, having family and, you know, like, bills don't stop just because you want to follow your dream and stuff. So, um, my thing was I knew that I had to treat it like it was a real job, like not just something like a hobby and stuff. So I took it seriously and like, I, like I went hard hey, in uh, 2016 and so it, it paid off. So I've been rising ever since. So what's the hardest part about being an artist? The hardest part? Um, I would say probably just staying inspired. Um, and another thing would be for me personally, um, like I, I like I don't know how other artists work. It's probably the same, but like I always have like a thousand things like running through my mind. So a lot of times I find myself just thinking about all this stuff, but not actually putting the thoughts into action. So um, one of the hard parts for me is um, just like focusing on something long enough just to like get it out like I have like so many um series and different bodies of works that I want to do and um like I find myself trying to do everything at once and then I kind of don't get a lot done so just um focusing on like one thing at a time yeah I suffer from the same problem like uh I often forget about the past ideas that the great ideas that I had in the past because I'm yeah. always working on something new uh, you know, I just try to like write down certain things and, and give myself a certain timeline to complete these ideas. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, time management because, like, you're at a job, like, you got somebody telling you at this time you're gonna do this work, at this time you get a break, this time you get a lunch break, and this time get back on the clock. But when you're doing it, when you're doing your own thing, you know, you got that freedom, so you got to be real disciplined. You don't have like somebody over you saying, "All right, get back on, get back to work." Absolutely. And another thing about being an entrepreneur is you have to put a lot more sweat equity and time into your own art rather than being at somebody else's, you know, job or whatever. Yeah, it's much harder than any job I've ever had. Ten <laughs> times harder. <laughs> so, how do you feel when you uh, create certain pieces? And with my pieces, I try to draw from life. Like I always say that um I always compare it to writing in a in a journal or writing in a diary, except I do it on the canvas. So each piece is like a part of me, like a part of my my life story. So like I have a strong connection with, with each one. Describe the process behind um making murals. Man, so I never even thought of myself as a mirrorless before. Um, I had a friend, he was opening up a Caribbean shop like where he sells like, um, it's like, um, you know, like Caribbean uh, memorabilia, 
Mm. Um, stones and crystals, incense, all that kind of stuff. And um, he asked me if I could do a mural on the front of his shop. And I was like, I don't, I don't do murals. He was like, but you could draw, like, do all these paintings. I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. So I did the front of his shop. It was something simple. It's like some um, stalks of uh, bamboo. I had like the red, red, gold, and green in the background. And uh, from there, another friend who has a dance studio for young girls, he saw it. He was like, we did that. Can you do something in my studio? I was like, well, yeah, I'll just I'll do it just this one time. And then after that, somebody else. So it's just kind of been like a um, like a domino effect. So I've done probably around 15 now. But I guess I, guess I can... I can call myself a mirrorless, even though I, I still don't think I am. But um, my process is, um, I don't know, it's a little unorthodox. Uh, most people start, they like to start like with a rough sketch, like a mock-up sketch, and then um, you know, go and put a grid on the wall so they can make sure they get the proportions right. But I mean, for me, I, I kind of just like to freestyle it. So a lot of my murals, I, I just freehand it, like no grid. Um, sometimes no sketch, just, just me in the wall and, and some paint. I know that's a little different from, um, how most people do it. Mm. So it's basically like, I don't want to say expressing yourself, but just putting a feeling out there on the wall, like whatever you're feeling, you just paint it. Yeah. On the wall. Um, some of them, some of them have themes and then some of them it's just, yeah, just like what I'm feeling. Mm, okay. So what's the common myth about being an artist? Um, I would say the common myth is a uh, starving artist. Mm. Being a starving artist. Um, it is, like, it, like we were talking about the nine to five, so it is hard. And um, like you, you do have to put a lot of work and sweat into it, but you can still, you know, uh, make make it successful and make it um rewarding if you put the work in how do you gain commissions is it uh through your website word of mouth social media or yeah i actually like i hate commissions <laughs> that, that's my least favorite thing to do but yeah um like social media has been like like a great big boost to my um, to my art career like just being able to connect with people like like around the country and like even around the world. So I get commissions like through Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like everything from people everywhere. Do you have any people who helped you on your journey, like any mentors or anyone that you looked up to, to, you know, help progress your work as you were uh, growing up? Yeah, I would say that's another um, great thing about social media um, and the power you have to connect with people. Um, I would, like in the past, like for social media, like I had like favorite artists and things like that, but I would have never dreamed of like reaching out to them and then them responding to me. Now, you know, I just send somebody a DM and they, they comment right back. So I, I've been able to reach out to a lot of my favorite artists. Um, I've met a lot of collectors and, and gallery owners, former gallery owners, and a lot of people in the art world through social media who have, um, you know, gave me tips and advice and just helped me along this journey. What do you wish you known um, when you first started that you know now? Well, I will say when I first started, 
I was very, um, I don't know, I was very hesitant to like put my work out there. Mm. And um, I didn't think it was good enough. Um, at the time, I was seeing a lot of uh, realism work. Mm. And I was a lot of attention and stuff. And my work is a little bit more uh, graphic. And, you know, I just had my own style. And so I was afraid to put that out there. And I wish I wasn't afraid because now that I'm like like deep in the, the art game, I see that 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 creativeness and that uniqueness is what uh, the art world is looking for. So I just wish I had um I, w- I just wish I had believed in myself a little sooner. But everything happens in the time that's supposed to happen. In. I think I heard somebody mention that you created a uh, you illustrated a children's book, right? Yeah. Uh, what was that process like and what inspired you to create that? Yeah, so that book, um, it's called Glenda's Hair, and uh, it was inspired by my oldest daughter. I um, started writing that book. It actually started out as a poem that I wrote just about her and her hair. And uh, I ended up turning it into a book, but I started it in 2013. I didn't actually like get it like published or printed until 2017. And um, with that, it was the same thing. Like, I was just um, scared to put it out. Like, I didn't know what people would think or how they would uh, receive it. But, um, yeah, it was basically about my daughter and um, her love for her natural hair and um, just her going on, like, daily adventures, like, at the playground or around the neighborhood or with her um, friends and stuff. But, yeah, that, um, I don't know, it was a pretty exciting um, process and experience. It was my first time ever writing a book and um, my first time ever illustrating a book too. So um, I, I learned a lot and I'm looking forward to coming out with a few more. That's amazing. I do believe that um, representation is important, especially when it comes to kids. And um, I mean, it has been like a an insurgence of like black representation recently. Um, whether it be comic book movies like Black Panther and all that other stuff, but um, kids always need something to look to that is basically a reflection of, you know, our ideals of beauty and not just the the European standard, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, How has becoming a father, did it affect your creativity at all? Did it change it? Did your perspective like uh did it change your perspective of creativity um i don't know if it changed it i think that uh it made me work a little harder or a lot harder and well you know what it maybe it did change it because i started to pay more attention to what i was creating like before you know i would just create like just uh random things but like when i had my first daughter like one of my main things was I wanted to um like whenever I would create paintings, like when I would finish, I would hang them all around the house. So it was like a our own little art gallery. And so he was going to be seeing these things. So I wanted to make sure that I was creating images that um like uplifted her and empowered her and made her um feel beautiful and, and love like our culture and and who she is. And um it's kind of crazy the other day her and my youngest daughter, they were playing some game where they had to create characters. And I heard tell um, my youngest daughter, like, make sure you pick the one that's your skin color. And um, my oldest daughter, she's like, probably like a shade lighter than me, but 
she picked like the darkest character you could pick. So it made me feel good. It made me feel like what we're doing um, as parents um, is working and that it matters and that they, they see it, even though they may not talk about it, they understand like who they are and um, they see the beauty in who they are. Yeah, man. It's uh, just had my first child. Um, he's almost two now, but it's it's extremely weird seeing a reflection of yourself that's not really you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like they they carry some of your mannerisms and some of your your attitude, but it's like I have to be self-conscious of my of of what I do around him because he's just like a sponge. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just had our um our first son also. Oh, okay, congrats, congrats. From what I've seen uh, online and on your website, um, you use a lot of like bright and vibrant colors in your pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite color that that you mainly or mostly use? I'm saying my I have actually two favorite colors: um, red and yellow. So you you'll see those a lot in my work. I don't know why you know, people always ask me, but those have just always been my favorite colors, like since I was a child. So that red and yellow often appears in your work like mm-hmm. most of the time right yeah either in the background or work some way through throughout the piece what do you need in order to set the mood for your art practices the main thing would probably be music i think um, most artists would say a good playlist mm. i like listening to music while i um work I, I pretty much listen to everything but uh mostly it's uh reggae music um I listen to Afro beats. Um, I listen to a lot of the new, um, I guess you would call it like jazz fusion or urban jazz. Kind of has like a little hip hop flair to it. Um, I listen to a lot of uh, indie R and B, a lot of stuff that you don't you wouldn't hear on the radio and stuff. So, as long as I have some music, I'm good. I don't think I can paint without music. Does the type of music influence the art at all? Does like the different moves or the different genre produce different uh, pieces in your art? Sometimes. Um, so recently, actually, I just um, I just started going back to school for art. I, um, initially, went to school for music. Had a project recently where um, we were given fifteen words, and so for each word, we had to draw what we thought that word would look like as a line, and. So that word was loud, so I had to draw loud lines, and um, I was like, like I don't know how, what like a loud line looks like. So um, when I was doing the project, I uh, I put on some Bad Brains. I don't know if you're familiar with that band, old punk rock band. And I might have to check them out. Yeah, they have a documentary on either Netflix or Amazon Prime, but so it's basically like rock music. So I, I put on that. And um, like I just, I don't know, I just went crazy with the lines. I guess the the music like influenced me. So I guess certain music does have like a, um, or does like play a part in your creative process. Yeah, I do a lot of photography work and it depends. Whenever I'm finished and when I start editing uh, certain images, um, if I want like a, a lot of movement or a, a a lot of action in in the in the edit. I will put on something fast paced, like a a, a Kamasi Washington or something like that. And um, I think music and visual art works hand in hand. Oh yeah. 
um, there is a prominence of masculinity and a male gaze in your work. What made you choose this direction? Well, I think the main thing is that I didn't really see it like in the art world, um, mm-hmm. especially with black males. And then when you do see it, a lot of times it's speaking on um, like the negative issues and things we face. And I, I've done some of those pieces too, like about police brutality and um, mm-hmm. It's about like how we're like looked down upon um, all the, the crazy stereotypes and negative stereotypes and stuff. But um, I started doing this portrait series where I just wanted to show black men just like just being like mm. not smiling, not angry, like just just being just to show that like we're regular people. You know, we're teachers and fathers and husbands and all that stuff. So. Um, it, it's just something that I wasn't seeing a lot of, so I wanted to, to put it out there like in my own, my own way. I can definitely agree with that. It seems like a lot of the the narrative and the art that we produce is based in trauma. Yeah. You know, whether it's like hip hop or the movies that they produce, it's like they monetize off of, off of our trauma and it becomes normalized and a lot of the, the younger generation become numb to it. Like it's like regular everyday stuff. Yeah. You know, and uh, black people aren't monolithic, man. You got black people who like to watch anime and play video games and, you know, just stay out the way, you know, what inspires you? I would say life, um, just life in general. Like I always draw inspiration from, from things going on around me, whether it's family, and, uh, friends or just current events and, and like sometimes I'm inspired just by seeing people like when I'm out and about at the store or something I might see someone in line that, that inspires me to make a piece mm. or see someone online like on, on Instagram like um, I always save a lot of pictures from there just like regular people I might just see something in their, in their face or in the pose they have or something and get inspiration from it speaking of that do you like imagine the lifestyle or the 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 essence of that person and do you put it in a piece or yeah i try to capture the essence uh more than anything since i'm not like a realism artist um i work like i don't want it i I can make it look exactly like that person but that's like that's never my goal so i just want it just to like catch a likeness of that that person and um catch more of the essence and, and their personality and just their, their aura instead of making like an identical copy. You're in a partnership with another creative. How does your wife support your growth as a creative and how do you support her? Yeah, so like all the accomplishments, everything I've like achieved this far, I probably wouldn't have done half of it like if it was not for her. Um, I'm more of like a a reserved person, uh, the introvert in the relationship. So she's more like the outgoing. And so um, I, I've always had a hard time. I'm, I'm used to it now, but in the past, like I had a hard time talking about my art, like when I would be at shows and stuff and people come and ask, what is this piece about? And, and that's where she stepped in and she would talk about the work. She would sell the work, um, all kind of stuff. So it, like it's like we kind of balance these each other out. I think it's rare like to find someone who um supports your dreams, any like any kind of dream you have, but especially if it's in the uh the creative field or the arts, because the um those are 
generally looked at as um, not making a lot of money or like you're not going to be successful if you want to be an artist. And so to find somebody that's like, like I believe in this dream and, and I'm going to support it. Like I think that's rare. And uh, I don't know. I think I'm lucky. And then other people who are in creative uh, partnerships are lucky to have, you know, someone like that who believes in you, who pushes you forward. And um, like who wants to see you win. And so uh, my wife, she's not an artist, but she's into the creative field. She's more into arts uh, advocacy. So both help a lot of artists, a lot of young, um, inspired or aspiring artists um, with shows. They don't always know like how to get into shows or um, like how to uh, handle the business side. So that's where she comes in and, and um, she's she's kind of like a manager to many artists or like a arts agent in a way. Like I um like she's helped me a lot. Like even if she doesn't know it, like just her personality, I think, has rubbed off on me over the years. So I'm able to do interviews and like podcasts. Like before I would have been like, nope, oh I can't do it. But now it's like I've done it so much and um I, yeah, I think her her personality, her outgoingness has rubbed off on me a lot. That's amazing, man. I definitely understand where you're coming from on that part because my lady does the same thing. I was totally introverted. I didn't want to say anything about my pieces. And I don't know. It's like we have to guard our energy being an artist because it's a lot of people that are willing to take advantage of, you know, any situation. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad that my lady was there to to... I guess break me out of my show. Oh yeah. Um, as a father, is it difficult to balance spending quality time with the family and balance uh your art? I think for us, it all kind of um, like it's not like a separate thing where family time and art time, like mm. like it. All- just kind of like meshes together. Um, luckily for me, like my family is creative. So like uh, my children are creative and they like doing artsy stuff. So like if I'm at the studio, um, like they'll be there with me most of the time. Or if I'm painting, you know, I can set up um, like a little workstation for my daughters to go and do their thing. Mm. Um, and then I think like they know how much it means to me. So they know like, uh, to give me my space, you know, like give me my time to just do my thing. And then, you know, we have our time as a family outside of art where we, um, you know, hang out and do things. But I, I think it all sort of meshes together. Okay. Oh, we all are pretty much creative and enjoy doing similar things. Has your family inspired your work much? Yeah, yeah, they always inspire me, even though I'm I'm scared to put them on the canvas. Like, I'm always afraid I'm, I'm going to mess them up. Mm. I actually did a piece last night um, inspired by those uh, Madonna and Child pieces. Mm. I did myself and, and my son. So, yeah, they, they inspire me often. I've done a few pieces of them, but like I said, I'm always scared I'm going to mess them up. So if I do a piece of them, it has to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how long does it usually take you to work on like a, a conceptual piece? 
I have never really timed it, but I, I would say I'm pretty fast. Uh, I work in acrylic paint mostly. Mm. I'm just now dabbling in the oils, but I always say like, like the hardest part is starting. It's putting the brush on the canvas, but like once I once I dip the brush in that paint, like I'm not I'm not leaving no bathroom breaks, no lunch breaks. Like I got to sit there and then complete it, like mm. spinning until it's done. So. Um, I'm pretty fast. Uh, I normally work with the, um, with the blow dryer. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to speed the process up. Like with oil paints, um, you know, they dry super slow. And a lot of uh, people always tell me like they work on more, more than one piece. And so they'll sit a piece to the side and then come back to it the next day. And like, I, I have to finish it all in one sitting because I'll get bored with it and it'll just like sit in the corner forever. <laughs> what is it like to prepare for an art exhibition? For me, I think every single art show that I've been a part of, um, I've only had one solo art show so far, mm. but every single exhibition that I've been a part of, I've been late, every single one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always the last to arrive, but... um. I don't know. Just I think the work is the most important part is making sure um, like I have work that fits the theme and it fits the concept. The work is the easy part. But for me, getting there on time and then the, the whole speaking part, mm. that's the part but then that's where the, the wifeager comes in. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last little uh, segment of the interview. Uh, let's play a little game. Um, I'm going to ask you, all right, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say these words? Okay. Uh, the first word is black love. I would say, uh, revolutionary. Unity. I would say understanding. Kanye West. Kanye West. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye West. I would say, um. Can I say more than one word? Yeah, yeah. So with Kanye West, um, I think Kanye West is, I would, I, I kind of consider him a genius. Mm-hmm. I think he's a genius, especially like of our time right now. And um, all geniuses, like even like in cartoons and movies, TV shows, all genius, geniuses, they have like a little crazy side, but mm-hmm. they're super smart, super creative. So I know, like, sometimes, like, he goes out there with things he says and does, but I just think, like, geniuses, they don't, they don't know how to, like, control it. I don't, I don't know. But I, I think he's super um, smart and creative. He just, he just can't, like, keep it. <laughs> I don't know. He's wired differently. Like, I, th- I believe yeah. all geniuses, their, their brain chemistry is definitely different from, like, the common people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, c- couple more words for you. Um, generational wealth. I would say that that is uh, like super important. Mm. Mm. Last one: paintbrush. Paintbrush. Uh, life. <laughs> life. <laughs> cool, man. Cool, man. Um, I just want to thank you for taking the time out to speak with with us today. I definitely learned a lot. And uh, I really admire and appreciate your work. Um, 
do you have any like websites or social media people can go to to uh, look at your work or maybe book you for a mural? Yeah, thanks for um, having me on the on the show. Um, people can connect with me through my website, uh, coolyraz.com. That's C-O-O-L-I-R-A-S.com. Um, and on social media, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at the same name. Um, Cooley, C-O-O-L-I underscore Raz, R-A-S underscore Art. Okay, cool, man. Thank you again, man. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. Be well, man. Peace. All right. That would be good. What's up, beautiful people? Thank you for tuning in into another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Here is your quote of the day. You always pass failure on your way to success. Make Rodney. Don't forget to subscribe, share, like, and download. Have a good one, family. Peace.